You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of AMA Live. I'm your host, Tom Bilyeu, and I'm going to be taking your questions. So make sure you drop them in. Let me know what you want to know. Let's dive deep. Let's get some real answers. Let's change some lives, motherfuckers. All right, we're going to kick it off with the first question. But oh, actually, before we do that, anybody that's into comics, boys and girls, if you're going to be at the WonderCon this weekend in Anaheim, come by booth 1502. We, it, our booth is going to be really lame. I'm going to tell you that right now because we booked it before we knew if we were going to have anything to launch, which we don't. Uh, that'll be later in the year. But nonetheless, we're going to be there collecting email addresses for people that are into comics and want to know more about what we're doing. So come by the booth. I will be there all three days. Say what's up. Hang out. Help us get more people into the ecosystem. That would be amazing. But only if you're into the world of comics. Um, it's not like a traditional Q&A meet and greet or anything. So, But for any diehard comic fans, make sure you come by booth 1502 WonderCon this weekend. All right. Today's episode is brought to you by the Do the Work shirt, by the way. Uh, if you haven't already got one of these bad boys, go to shop.impacttheory.com. All right. Without further ado, first question comes via the Connect inbox. This is from Uzair. I'm sure you've committed to big changes before in your life. My question is, how do you commit to a large-scale change and not go back on it? Is it possible to quit cold turkey without screwing it up a few days later? And the answer is yes, very much so. So um, I'm excited by change, so let's talk about that. So big-scale changes don't freak me out like that. Um, I like things to be different. I like things to be new. I like to learn new things. I've cultivated that in myself. Um, so I would force yourself really to be excited. And I say force on purpose because it is a choice. You get to decide whether you're going to focus on all the things that could go wrong, all the unknowns, all the things that are going to give you anxiety, or you could remember, like Einstein said, we all get to decide whether we live in a friendly or a hostile universe. I choose we live in a friendly. Because of that, I choose to believe that good things are going to come, that the change is going to bring new, fun, exciting opportunities. And because of that, I greet change with enthusiasm. So first of all, make that choice. And then second, make sure that you're actively looking for the opportunity in that change. And third, if it's something that you've set out, some big thing that you promise yourself that you're going to do, then you need to hold yourself accountable to that. And there's just no way around earning credibility with yourself. You said you were going to do it, and now you're going to do it. And that is it. This is a question of identity. Who am I? So for instance, this is a smaller thing, but next week, I'm going to be doing a five-day water-only fast, five-day water-only fast, and I'm super tense about it, and it could end up really sucking, and there's been a little voice in my head that's been like, oh, even though you've announced it, like, you don't have to do it. Like, if it really sucks, you can just claw it back, and my thing is, absolutely not. Unless I get into some medical emergency, I'm going to see that five-day fast through because I said I was going to do it, and I know the amount of credibility that I will earn with myself for sticking through it. So um, that really comes down to, that's my identity. When I say that I'm going to do something, I do it. So I'm the type of person that, when I say I'm going to do it, I do it. Plain and simple, period, end of story. And that may mean that I have to suffer, but the suffering compared to what I will think about myself on the other side of that, 
I know that it pales in comparison. So this all comes down to being able to psychologically reward and punish yourself. And I know how amazing it's going to feel, me, about myself, how amazing it's going to feel at the end of this when I do what I said that I was going to do. And by the way, doing hard things is something that all of us should actually look forward to. In fact, uh, Lisa asked me why I was doing a five-day fast, and the answer is because it's hard. The answer is because I actually think it's going to be difficult. If I didn't think it was going to be difficult, then it wouldn't really be that big of a deal. In fact, that's a reason, part of the reason, that I've gone from doing a three-day fast to a five-day fast because I've gotten pretty used to doing three-day fasts. I know that I'll make it to the other side. Um, so a five-day fast, that, that one really makes me tense. Uh, the other reason that I'm doing that is because the metabolic advantages of a fast really seem to, um, at least according to the research, get exponentially better at around five days. So um, not ready to commit to a seven-day fast yet. Uh, so we'll see how the five-day fast goes. Uh, but I'm excited to be doing that. So by the way, anybody that wants to join me on said five-day water-only fast, I'm starting very specifically this Sunday, which is what day? What's the date of Sunday? All right, well, anybody watching live, you know this Sunday. So this Sunday at 3 p.m. because uh, I'm gonna break fast. We're doing a big matrix thing here on Friday um, which I'm very excited about as the anniversary of the release of The Matrix is March 31st. So on March 30th, Friday at 3 p.m., we're starting the film. And so as a, just a big part of that celebration, that's when I'll be breaking fast. So uh, those are the five days. And it's Sunday, March 25th. Okay, next question is from Nishan Udom. This is Facebook. If you can read only one book and one book only, what would it be? This should have an impact on your self-transformation and society at large. Well, I would read a book that I haven't already read, so that's not going to help anybody. Um, so the, the most important book in the English language is Mindset by Carol Dweck. So if you guys haven't read that book, now, ironically, it's not the book that had the biggest impact on me because, unfortunately, it wasn't written as I was going through that. But I think that she has given the single most foundational text on building mindset, which is the single most important thing anybody could do. So that is the book that I highly recommend people to read, which is, I think, far more useful than what I would read over and over. What would I read over and over? Principles by Ray Dalio. Because from a business perspective, if I was gonna read a book over and over and over and over, I think that's probably the most beneficial book. So that's the book that I think has probably had the biggest impact on me um, in my current form, if that makes sense. So the book that changed the course of my life was Stephen King's um, The Gunslinger. So I don't expect it to have that impact on many other people, but it certainly had that impact on me because it showed me that I liked reading, which then set the tone, uh, not the tone, but it really set the course for the rest of my life. And reading voraciously has changed every aspect, element, nook and cranny of my life. Um, so yeah, but anyway, the book that I would personally read over and over and over is principles. I don't think anybody really other than entrepreneurs are going to benefit from reading it over and over and over. Um, I think that everybody, everybody benefits from reading mindset by Carol Dweck over and over and over. All right. Nick Ann, Nick Ann, that's what it says. Nick Ann Schultz, Facebook. Hey, Tom. Uh, so you talk a lot about getting adequate sleep for optimal brain function, et cetera, but you've also talked a lot about doing the work, late nights and long hours that come with entrepreneurship. What exactly is your stance on this? So my stance is very fucking clear. Get sleep. Get sleep. Now, once you have sleep, then you can optimize or you can be efficient in everything else that you do. But I, I built a billion-dollar business 
with less than, I'm going to say less than 10 times probably, that I got an insufficient amount of sleep. Maybe a little more than 10, but over almost a decade, I mean, that's pretty good. Like once or twice a year, like my schedule would just line up such that I couldn't both go to bed early and sleep. Uh, so sorry, I couldn't either go to bed early or um, sleep late. So usually it's one or the other. You're going to stay up late, but then you're not going to need to get up early. So it is so, so rare that I wake up to an alarm. I just really cannot stress that. For sure, for sure, I wake up to an alarm less than five or six times a year. I mean, it's just, it's so low. So if I can do what I've done without needing to fuck with my sleep, anybody can. I'm just telling you, like the amount that you will get done when you've got enough sleep, it's just so much more that I'll, I'll any day take three or four hours less in my day and go head to head with somebody who is chronically sleep deprived. Now, doesn't mean it never happens, but it means that it's really rare because I just find that I'm so much less efficient. And can we talk about, it's less fun. I don't know if it's just me, boys and girls, being chronically fatigued sucks at a level that I can't quite convey. So it doesn't sound like fun. Remember, the game you're playing is not money. The game you're playing is not success. The game you're playing is brain chemistry. That's it, to feel deeply fulfilled. Nothing, nothing compares to that. Sex, awesome, but does not compare to deep fulfillment. Being rich, awesome, but does not compare to deep fulfillment. Being good looking, I imagine, is awesome, but I'm also going to imagine that it does not compare to deep fulfillment. So the thing that I get behind, to be clear, is deep fulfillment. Now, building a life of success, to me, is about pursuing something. Now, I want to enjoy the pursuit. I've lived the life where I did not enjoy the pursuit, and I've lived the life where I did enjoy the pursuit. And I'm just telling you right now, success is not guaranteed. The struggle is, so you might as well enjoy the struggle. And part of enjoying the struggle is getting enough sleep. So I hope that's really fucking clear. Next up, Maurizio. D. Gregori, I like that name. Uh, what were you like in college in regards to discipline and getting shit done? I know you've mentioned that you were significantly different than you are now, but I'm curious on the extent. All right, in college, I because I was so desperate to get into film school, I really worked my ass off. And so I locked myself in a room for four years and head down, got good grades. Now you wanna talk about a period in my life where I got very little sleep, film school was it. and. That's how I know how uniquely miserable it is to go without sleep. Now, the irony of ironies, based on my last answer, I don't know that I could have gotten things done in film school without reducing the amount of sleep. I don't know. I could have probably done better, but like to give you an idea, in film school, I didn't even drink soda. I didn't drink caffeine of any kind. Not tea, not coffee, no caffeine pills, no Adderall, nothing. I literally thought, if I'm meant to be awake, I'll be awake. And so through sheer force of will, I got crazy little sleep in film school. It sucked so much, but just the raw number of hours that it takes to make a movie, uh, I don't know. I, I could have been better, that's for sure, but um, that was the reality. Okay, so I locked myself in a room. I got very good grades. I focused, focused, focused. I wanted to learn. That was my driving force. But here's the big whammy. I thought there was a difference between learning the technical aspects and learning the creative aspects. So to make a very long story short, while I work my ass off, it doesn't click into me that I could develop quote unquote talent 
by also putting that work and energy into getting good at things that I thought were innate. So I tried uh, really hard to learn the technical side, to learn the, um, the, what they call the creative studies side. So learning film theory, watching a lot of movies, understanding different directors, understanding French new wave cinema versus cinema verite and like all of that stuff. Um, but then when I realized at, in my senior thesis film that I absolutely had no talent, um, I didn't think, oh, well I can go build talent. Um, so I spent four years really focusing on the technical aspects, not realizing I should have been focusing all that time and energy on learning how to direct actors. Where do you put the camera? What's storytelling? Um, all of those things, which then I ended up teaching myself um, after school. So there you have it. I hope that answers your question. Mohammed Aglan, Facebook. How can you handle pressure of commitment when you are scaling up exponentially? Everything is growing fast, pressure, stress, more commitment and work, etc. All right, so this goes back to enjoying the process. So scaling is amazing and you should take advantage of the scale where you can, but I will say that really building something that matters, something you believe in, something that you're passionate about is not the same as scaling. And I think looking back, I probably would have enjoyed more scaling quest a little bit more slowly. Um, I think that there were mistakes that I made that I didn't necessarily need to make because I was just so freakish about wanting to capitalize on every single aspect of scale. And at some point, and, and this is why I'm so obsessed with principles now, I never would have allowed myself to have what we now refer to as a principles conversation, which slows everything down, which is about like really digging into the emotion, calling out um, bullshit when you see it. If somebody makes like a weird facial expression and you have reason to believe that they're not totally bought on, bought in, that you stop and address it and talk through it, which I do now and I think is really advantageous, I wouldn't have done then because I just scale, scale, scale. So I think you need to really be clear about what your objectives are. And hopefully in that, you realize that your primary objective should be that deep sense of fulfillment of building something you believe in, being deeply passionate, being totally connected to it, uh, being present in that moment, looking for the opportunities for you to grow and advance. And that it's okay to say, I don't think we can take on that extra piece of business without either stressing me the fuck out and this being less fun or doing a house of cards style building of just growing so fast that we're not making all the smart choices that we could otherwise make. So I would say it's very okay to slow down, to do things in a way where you feel like you're being pushed, you're being stretched 100%, but at the same time, you're enjoying the process, you're learning as much as you can, you don't feel frantic and you're enjoying your life, which is actually a thing. Remember, boys and girls, laughter is a metric and it's a metric that you should pay attention to. How often do you laugh in your life? How often do your teammates laugh? All of this stuff really matters, and as cheesy and as stupid as that sounds, I think it's one of the single most important things you could pay attention to. There you have it. Next up, YouTube. KMC Girl. Hey, Tom, how do you utilize your impatience and make it work along with the learning process that you can finally put in the work and get started? Okay, so I wrote a whole tirade in, I think, the most recent newsletter? Which, by the way, if you guys haven't signed up to the newsletter, I'm fucking bleeding for those things. So go right. In fact, I'm going to wait. I want you to go right now and sign up for the newsletter at impacttheory.com. Take your time. Go. So welcome back. In the newsletter recently, I went on a whole tirade about fuck patience. We're designing a shirt that says F patience. Here's my breakdown on this. Whatever you're gonna do, if it's big, it's going to take a lot of time. That is the truth. 
of that process. Anything that involves humans is going to take time. There's just, there's only so many hours in the day. We only think at a certain rate. So even if you go all out every day, every hour that you're awake, you are bleeding for your cause, even then, it's going to take a long time. So because of that, I'm telling you, if you don't do that, you can imagine how much longer it's going to take. So here's the thing that drives me fucking nuts. If you really want to get under my skin, and I know people are going to do this now just to wind me up, but I'm going to say it anyway because it's so fucking true. If I post about you need to work hard, smart, and long hours, and you write back and say, but if I'm working hard and smart, why do I have to work long hours? The answer, motherfucker, is because you're going to get eaten alive by the people that are doing all three. This, oh God, this winds me up. Someone just said this to me earlier today. And inside, I wanted to eat my own soul. When people act like they have done enough, like there is some enough police out there that are going to make your dreams come true because you've worked hard. Here's the answer. You're either winning or you're fucking losing. That is the truth. It doesn't matter how much you work. It only matters what results you get. If you can get results on five minutes a day, great. If you're winning at five minutes a day, fantastic. The only thing is I have just seen that you're competing against other human beings and the ones that really win are the ones that do all three. If by some miracle you're getting the life exactly that you want, you've got the level of fulfillment that you want off of five minutes a day, you've already won. You don't need me. My advice is going to sound crazy to you. I'm talking to people that want to play on a world stage. I'm talking about people for whom fulfillment comes from seeing just how much you can accomplish in your life. I'm talking to the people for whom the truth of enjoying the process is a day-to-day -day reality and that they love putting in the work, that it isn't grinding themselves into the dirt. It's doing something that they're deeply passionate about and what they want to know out of their life is how much can I achieve? if I really push myself. But I will tell you right now, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're somebody that wants to be great, if you wanna be a world-class gymnast, if you wanna be world-class at anything, I will tell you right now, you must do all three things. And you must do them a lot, and you must go really hard, never once saying to yourself, I just need to be patient. I just need to wait, because none of that will work. If you want something to happen, let's say, that going all out, it's going to take 10 years. It's not like going slower, it will take 20. I'm here to tell you, and this is the central, central part of my thesis. If you don't generate enough momentum, it will never happen. Not on any timeline. It's not like simply putting in the work over a long enough period of time is gonna get you where you wanna go. That's a hard fucking truth. Let that sink in. The only way to make your wildest dreams come true is to generate so much speed and momentum, so much energy and enthusiasm that people get swept up in your current, that they're pointed in the direction you want them pointed because you are going so fast and you're so decisive. That's how you break through obstacles because they just wither in front of you because you've got so much kinetic energy behind you. Patience is the thief of kinetic energy. Patience stops you from generating that kind of momentum of getting other people swept up in what you want. So 
It is not for any reason other than I really want to see you make come true in your life the things that make you happy and fulfilled. And I just know that the truth of really manifesting your dreams, the truth of closing your eyes, imagining a world, opening your eyes, and then making that world actually come true, the truth of all that is you can't be patient even though you've got to play the You guys know I have a very strict diet that I stick to, except for very special occasions, and I do that so that I can bring my best every day to what I'm doing, and a big part of that strict diet is high-quality animal protein and my go-to source of trustworthy meats and seafoods with no added hormones or antibiotics ever is ButcherBox. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service that delivers 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood all directly to your door. I cannot recommend ButcherBox enough. When you eat ButcherBox, you are giving your body the best possible building blocks to work with so you can reach your full potential. You've got to take care of yourself at a cellular level if you want to hit your peak consistently. So ButcherBox is the key. Sign up at butcherbox.com impact and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off, and that means you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com impact and use code impact to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus get $20 off your first order. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You will never be able to reach your full potential if you are riddled with stress and have a lot weighing on your mind. I can tell you from my own experiences with stress and negative thought loops, you have to find a way to work through whatever it is that's weighing on you if you're gonna have any hope of achieving your goals. Therapy can be an option for working through things and for an online therapy option that is super convenient and flexible, be sure to check out BetterHelp. With BetterHelp, everything is 100% online and getting started is quick and easy. A brief questionnaire matches you with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra charge. Get things off your chest, process through things with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash impact theory today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash impact theory. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you wanna have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need and Impact Theory's own chief financial 
financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. Long game. Salama Haji from Facebook. What are your thoughts on Viome, which is a company um, founded by Naveen Jain, who, or what, they look at your microbiome, they sequence it, and it's down to the RNA level. So it's actually what genes are expressing versus just what um, bacteria are present in your digestive tract. So it's a much deeper level of um, breaking it down. So what are my thoughts on Viome? Can you share your golden nuggets from your research on microbiome today? Okay, I'll give it to you in a real brief nutshell. First of all, I do not know nearly enough. My wife still struggles, and that really pisses me off. So uh, Viome has been amazing. Viome has been the only thing that's really pushed my wife forward, and I really want to take a lot of credit for it, um, and unfortunately, I can't, and while I have learned a lot about the microbiome, I've only known enough to sort of be bumpers in the alley for my wife to know what is just blatantly not going to help, um, that I knew uh, enough that when I saw Viome and I talked to Naveen about it, that um, I knew to get her involved with that. So here's my, um, my breakdown of Viome, that they, it, it's amazing. It is the best thing out there. And it is still inadequate to go from like, if you're really broken on a microbiome perspective, that your Viome is the first step, but it is not going to completely eradicate the problem. And you're really going to have to work and take notes and be diligent about watching what impacts you because as specific and um, you based as Viome is like, there's even that, like, they just don't yet have enough data to go, all right, you, Lisa, in the case of my wife, do exactly this in this exact increment. They've gotten her really close, and she's made huge leaps and bounds, and I'm beyond grateful. Naveen, you know how much I love you and will forever be grateful to you, and when you say jump, I will motherfucking say how high because that's how much she's helped my wife, but I don't want anyone to think that it is yet a silver bullet. And I really hope that they get to silver bullet status. And I know Naveen's trying to get as many people into the program because this is a big data thing. And the more people they get, the more specific they can make it. Um, so here's what I know um, just about the microbiome in general. So first of all, if you're taking antibiotics, you are committing microbiome suicide. 95% uh, of all the serotonin, which is the feel-good chemical, um, is stored in your gut. Um, the vast majority of your immune system is in your gut. Why? Because this never made sense to me until I heard this. Um, because the amount of bacteria and viruses and all that that you eat become are going to end up in your digestive system, uh, and that is why you need like that robust first responders there in your what they call enteric nervous system, which runs from your esophagus to your anus. Um, in the enteric nervous system, you have as many neurons, the same material that makes up your brain as you as a cat has in their brain. So when people say that the um, enteric nervous system is a second brain, literally, that is what they mean. There is a feedback, communication feedback loop between your microbiome and your brain. So your neurochemistry is 
wildly impacted by what's going on in your digestive system. Uh, you should be eating whole foods whenever possible. Uh, you should be eating, um, oh God, now I'm uh, getting slight anxiety because now I'm starting to get to the edge of what I really truly understand. Um, but here's, I try to eat a broad spectrum of whole foods, uh, as many different uh, things as I can. I am really bad at this though. So if you came and sat next to me, you'd be like, Tom, what the fuck? Like you eat basically the same thing all the time. That's laziness, that's efficiency, that isn't because I think it's the best thing in the world, but I do try to cycle through uh, different kinds of vegetables. When I go out, I try to eat things that I don't normally eat during the week, ah, on and on and on. So, all right, we've got a new show, by the way, called Health Theory, which you guys should be watching, um, which comes out on all my normal channels. Check it out. It's similar to Impact Theory, same set, um, same sort of format, but specifically people that are coming on to um, talk about health and fitness related stuff, please know that I'm exploring and I will not have anybody shut me down that just wants me to present dogma. I wanna fucking learn. Um, so I'm gonna bring people on from all over, some people maybe that I disagree with vehemently. Um, and so let's all learn and be open um, and rather than try to shut people down. But anyway, that's that whole thing. I'm gonna stop there on the microbiome, um, but learn about it because if you don't, you will suffer the digestive consequences. And by the way, if you have uh, pains in your gut when you eat, if you have a lot of diarrhea, you almost certainly have a problem with the microbiome. And I will just tell you right now, cut out carbs and sugar, and you'll be way, way, way on your way. Somehow that's still controversial, but I'm telling you, I'll fucking stand by that. Uh, and then also, I will highly suggest that you get healthy fats in your life. Healthy fats changed my life. All right. Danbro Fitness. What's up, Danbro? Facebook. First of all, met Sean yesterday. That's right. He's in Europe. That's amazing, which is exactly what you just said. Uh, when negotiating money, how would you approach this situation? I have a new business and I'm in the position where I'm offering free work to build my reputation and practice my craft. That is so smart. But when it comes to asking for money, I find it uncomfortable. Stop that immediately. If you're delivering value, money is the exchange of value. What skills have you found useful when negotiating? Okay, so um, I don't think of myself as a powerful negotiator, so I'm not really the right person to answer this question, but I will walk you through my logic. So my logic goes like this. If you're adding value to somebody's life, the thing that people are willing to trade for that value is money. It is literally the currency that we've all said, hey, this is a shorthand for value. So I'm going to exchange this because money has uh, potential in it, meaning that you can use it to do something else, and that's where that inert thing then becomes valuable to you. So if the thing that you have, the knowledge that you have, the person wants more than they want that money, then why on earth would you ever be hesitant to ask for that money? If what you're pawning off on people, however, is not more valuable than the money, then you should be ashamed. So this really comes down to how much value are you offering people um, with what you're doing? And the easiest way to figure that out is to give it away like you were doing and then find out if then people are later willing to pay for it. And if they're not, then you didn't add much value. And here's what I'll say to any consultant. If you can give away your secrets in an hour, a day, or even even a fucking week, you actually don't have secrets. I am literally pouring my soul into this company to give away every secret that I have in writing, in video. I'm working on a book, everything. <laughs> All I'm trying to do every time I get in front of the camera, every time I post an Instagram post, I am trying to give you every secret I have. Every time I write the newsletter, go subscribe. 
I am trying to give away every secret. I am not holding anything back. I'm literally pouring my heart and soul into this. And what's happening to the community? It's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. The more value I give away for free, the bigger the community gets, the more people come here. When I think about doing an Instagram post, I never phone it in. When I say, I'm really trying to peel myself open and say, how did I get here? What did I learn? What do I actually do? Not like bullshit, not trite stuff, not clever linguistics that you see stamped on an image, like for real, read the captions. I'm trying to give you everything I know. Because of that, I've built a big audience. We're approaching a million people in this community in just over a year. This is insanity. So give it away, give it away, give it away now. And then when the moment is right, when you've got something that you really believe is valuable, then you sell it. Now I could easily sell the information that I'm giving away free. And the only reason I don't is there is something far more valuable to me down the road that I am going to ask you to pay for. And in those moments, when I say I have no guilt, I have no guilt. So Dan, you've got to break that mindset. You cannot think like that. If you're really giving people value, then it should be an exchange of value. It does not make sense for you to struggle to make ends meet, to fucking not be able to put uh, food on your own plate if you're really giving people something of value. Like that, that is absurd. So in fact, I'll say this. If you're really giving people something of value that they want more than their money, generate real fucking wealth. I am totally unconflicted about that. All right. So I didn't give you any information, by the way, on negotiating other than to get your head in the right place. Because once you really believe in the value that you're giving, then suddenly you're not going to be weird about asking for it. And the only thing I try to do is what is a reasonable amount to ask for this? Um, what will the market bear? I'm not trying to gouge anybody, but I am not bashful at all about asking for what the real exchange of value is based on how much time and energy have I spent building this knowledge or whatever it is that I'm trying to sell. Um, so yeah, there you go. That was a terrible fucking answer about negotiating. Um, but since I don't consider myself an expert negotiator, there you have it. All right, Devan, 1978. Hey, Tom, about your book, how much do you progress on your book on a weekly basis? Very little. And how much focus and work do you put into it on a weekly basis? Very little. But I will say that we have an amazing woman who's helping me on the book, who's dragging me along the path and making me externalize this stuff. Um, what I, this is one of the few times I let what I want to be true collide with what actually is true. And I think that the book is going to be really powerful and it will be that very tangible. I don't know why that was a very hard word for me to get out, but it's a very tangible thing for people to grab onto. It gives people something in a super succinct manner. But secretly, I want the videos to work secretly because I love doing these because when I'm doing this, I get to embody it and I can do these very fast. This is a very efficient use of my time. Whereas the book, I'm a slow writer. And so working with a ghost writer and it is harder than I thought to really get to the depths of my ideas and make it so that somebody else can then put the words around them. Um, and because I just want to do the, the videos and the comic books, can, can I really share? Storytelling is such a deep passion of mine. And the book isn't like 
the comic. I'm so fucking excited about the comic. So I don't put, I was gonna say nearly enough time. That may be the right word. I don't put as much time as I need to in the book to get it out rapidly. That I will say, because that's just objectively true. Um, but the comics are more important to me because they lead to the TV shows, they lead to the movies. And I think ultimately I will impact far more people with the TV shows and movies than I will with the book. That's the raw truth. Um, so, and because of that, there's like this weird internal conflict in myself, but it is moving. Um, it will come out at some point. Um, I'm really hopeful that in 2018, that we will at least have the finished manuscript. Um, and so that's a, a pretty aggressive goal, a pretty real goal for me. Um, so there it is. All right, moving on. Helder Cruz, Facebook. Do I have to lose everything in my life to get out of the matrix? No. No. Not at all. But you do need to change the way that you believe things. It's about changing your belief system. But you don't have to lose anything in your life other than your hangups and limiting beliefs. But um, I've found that uh, pulling myself out of the matrix has, has given me everything, quite frankly. It's um, helped me develop my relationship with my wife. It's helped me generate wealth in my life. It's helped me become more effective. It, uh, literally, at every aspect, no matter what metric you use, um, it's given me things rather than taking them away. So uh, other than limiting beliefs and excuses, those it has completely robbed me of in amazing fashion. Carrie Lee, Facebook. Do you find that people at the higher levels of success in the current leading thoughtscapes, quite know what that means, are competitive dog eat dog or more supportive of one another because they all want to contribute to a better planet and humanity. Um, I think it's a mixed bag. And I think that we're living in a time where people that want to contribute, make a better world, they're able to find each other, they're able to amplify each other's voices. And that is awesome. For the first time in human history, we're living through a period where the single most powerful marketing vehicle that you could have is to legitimately be a good person and want good things for your customers. That's incredible. I don't think that's ever existed before. I think it's been a slow burn. I think it's been beneficial, but I don't think it's ever before been the most powerful marketing vehicle that you could have. Um, but I also think that there's dicks out there that totally take advantage and abuse and are just hateful, hateful people. Um, so both of them exist. But there are just incredible, incredible voices out there. Um, Ray Dalio is an incredible, generous voice that has just changed me massively. Um, God, let's go through a few people that I, I think really legitimately want to make the world a better place. And forgive me if I don't mention you because there are so many. Um, Dr. Shafali, I was just on a thing that she did yesterday, day before. Uh, that was awesome. I think she's amazing. Um, Gerard Adams, I think is incredible. And God, when you see what he's doing in um, Newark is just un, un, unbelievable. Gary Vee is exactly who you guys think he is. He's so legit, like off camera, just a super good dude. Wants to win for himself at the absolute fucking highest level, but actually wants good things for other people. Lewis Howes, such a nice guy. Jim Quick, holy shit. Jim wants good things for people. Such an amazingly good dude. And the list goes on and on. Everybody that's ever come on the show was kind enough. Seth Godin, oh, I love Seth. They just take time to really do amazing things for people. And literally, I could just go down the list. Not everyone, but the vast majority of people 
um, that are out there really want good things for people. Tony Robbins, uh, who's been incredibly kind to me in my real life. Peter Diamandis, oh, like the list goes on and on and on. I think there are a lot of amazing voices out there that really, really, truly want to help people. Um, so this should be easy to find. All right, that was fun, but uh, I think listing everybody is probably not helpful. Uh, Jumani, Sablin Cabrera, dude, it's good to hear from you again. Uh, Marie Forleo talks about embracing yourself. If you consider yourself a multi-passionate entrepreneur, do you think embracing that is more of a positive or do you believe it's more impactful to be a master of one art? Um, I, there's an awesome quote and I can't remember if it's, um, you can do everything you want in life, just not at the same time, or you can do anything you want in life, just not at the same time. Don't remember which one's accurate. They both work-ish. Um, so, I'm a huge believer in that. So you can't do it all at the same time. I think it does become a distraction, but leveraging a, a collision of multiple things that you love is actually how you get ahead. And so um, like if you look at what I'm doing between my absolute love for um, storytelling and my um, well-practiced uh, ability to articulate ideas, I've put those two things together. And so I think that is going to help me be successful. And I don't think I would ever be able to get the studio off the ground without the social content. So um, yeah, bringing those things together, I think is incredibly, incredibly powerful. But there is a laundry list of things that I want to pursue. Like I would legitimately love to own an esports team. Like that would be so rad. I'm so into video games. But I think that that would be, until later when we get into video games, um, I think that that would be a big distraction right now. So there it is. All right, Zach Smiley. Oh, which by the way, Marie Forleo is another amazing human being that off camera is just a bundle of joy. Zach Smiley, YouTube. Hey, Tom, I battle with myself and get the fraud feeling about where I'm going. I am pushing my way into an industry I had absolutely no experience network in, and I feel like a fake a lot advice. Yes, everybody lean in right now. Ooh, I really want this one to sink in with you guys. Okay, here is the truth. Everybody has a feeling. I have it. I still have it like every day. It doesn't matter. Like you need to set that aside. Here's the truth. The only belief you need to have is that you can learn anything. Now, if you can learn anything, you're gonna go into that industry and you're gonna look for ways to add value. You're also going to be looking to learn as much as humanly possible. Learn, learn, learn. Do anything and everything you can to generate momentum on that side of your life to go and be learning. Uh, just the other day, I flew over a thousand miles, um, literally for a two hour meeting with a guy because I thought he might be able to teach me something. When you've got that voracious desire to learn, like you're gonna find that you're able to create momentum. And in the meeting, if you're always looking for ways to leverage what you already do know to help that person or to marry with what you're trying to build and just focus on building momentum rather than worrying about whether or not you're a fake. Sure, you're a fake. Yep, you don't know as much as you need to know. Absolutely true. But if you can generate all the momentum, if you can get other people aligned with your vision, if you can bring on people that really do know something, if you're open to learning and you're amassing that knowledge and you're applying that knowledge as rapidly as you get it, that's the key. If you really want to remember something, you need to apply, apply that knowledge right away. But I'm telling you, I knew nothing about uh, technology when I went into it. I learned about that. I knew nothing about uh, food and protein bars when I went to it. I learned about that. I knew nothing about comic books. Motherfuckers, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to take over the comic book industry. I can feel it in my bones. Now, 
That doesn't mean that I don't also feel in my bones that I'm in way over my head. But every day I'm thinking, cool, I'll learn a little bit more. Each day, each day, I'm gonna learn, I'm gonna learn, I'm gonna learn. And because I'm not afraid to embarrass myself, remember, if you're going to WonderCon, come by booth 1502 and watch me embarrass myself. I'm telling you right now, the booth is gonna be ridiculous. We don't even have anything. We're giving away sleeves. We are giving away empty sleeves to put your comic books in so that we can get people's email addresses. Guys, do you know how pathetic that is? But that's far better than me going, well, I don't know enough, and so I'm not gonna go. I'm like, I don't give a shit if I'm embarrassed. I'm gonna go there, because I know I'm gonna meet somebody, I'm gonna pick up a little bit of information, I'm gonna go wander around, I'm gonna see who's an upcoming artist, who's got you know, some talent as a writer. I'm gonna start amassing these people. I want them to meet me, I wanna become a familiar face, I want people to see me. Even though I know I'm gonna be awash in shame and embarrassment that I have a booth at a comic convention, and I have no fucking comic. And that's why I'm going to win. And if you can let that into your soul, if you can let the knowledge that the thing that has made me successful is I am shameless, totally unafraid to embarrass myself because inside, every time someone laughs at me, I'm laughing so much louder because I know on a long enough timeline, I will amass the knowledge that I need. I will take over the industry. I will do what I need to be to be the single most dominant force in whatever I go into because I'm unrelenting. I will not quit. I will not stop because I'm embarrassed. I will not let feeling like a fraud stop me or even slow me down. I will just keep going and learning and learning and learning and learning and learning and my voracious hunger for knowledge will consume anyone who tries to go against me. I'm just telling you right now, if you're willing to play the game at the intensity level that I am for the duration of time that I am every day waking up and trying to generate momentum, you will win. So don't worry about feeling like a fraud. Wow. We only got five minutes left, four now. Next question, Nikki Simpson, Facebook. What advice do you have for extremely pessimistic spouses? I'm finding it hard to change my mindset when my husband is set on the world sucks, you just suffer through it, make do, then you die. Whoa. Okay, so first and foremost, you're gonna meet him with compassion. Like literally, that breaks my heart to hear that that is the world that he's chosen to live in that is gut-wrenching, especially because there is a thin membrane between him and that darkness and hopelessness and just like sadness and this bright, sunny, beautiful world that he could live in where things are possible and the game is fulfillment and finding ways to decide that you're going to love something, to build into your life a feeling of gratitude, build into your life a feeling of gratitude. The exact same situation but you choose to focus on different things, cultivate different things in you, and you get something beautiful. So truly, truly, to understand that that really is, it just sucks that he's trapped in that. Now, the hard part, I couldn't live there. And I would avail my spouse of everything that I could think of to help them be happy to help them find fulfillment, to help them build gratitude into their life. But under no circumstances would I allow someone who's refusing to do that work to drag me down. That's a misery for you as well. 
And it's going to mean some really hard conversations. It's going to mean some really hard conversations early so that it's not with an ultimatum or a threat. Because if you say, do this or I'm leaving, they will entrench in their position. You will become the bad guy. They won't be open to your message. So this has got to be something that you lead with and you tell them, I'm here. I want to help you get there. I need you to get there. I'm not interested in staying in a dark place. I want to see you enjoy your life. And I want to work with you on that. Obviously, I can't do it for you. So, but you've got to really call them out. Like you can't suffer in silence. You can't begin to resent them in silence, which is what you will do. And so you've got to have those hard conversations over and over and over. You got to be way encouraging when they do something like if they were to meditate or they were to, to sit with you and do a gratitude practice and literally say, let's just do three minutes. And in the morning, each of us for 90 seconds, will say things that we're grateful for. If they're unwilling to do 90 seconds, that's scary. But I would keep on them for a while, explain to them that it's important to you, um, and then start small, doing things like that, building that in, and helping them get there. It's not going to happen overnight, but if you're consistent and they're willing, you really can get there. And then on a long enough timeline, let me tell you, if they're just totally resistant, and I've tried everything. I've tried therapy. I've tried... Um, doing things like the 90-second gratitude practice, um, reading books together. I've tried rewarding them emotionally, lavishly when they do something like a 90-second a 90 gratitude practice. Um, if they still just won't, 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 eventually I do hit the point where I'm like, yeah, this doesn't make sense. All right, and on that dark note, I'm going to say goodbye to everybody. Guys, thank you so much for joining uh, me today. This was amazing. And by the way, again, if you're a comics book fan and you're going to be at the WonderCon in Anaheim this weekend, join me at booth 1502. And today's episode was brought to you by Do The Work. If you want to get this shirt, go right now to shop.impacttheory.com, support the cause, show the love, self-signal, which is the most important part. Tell yourself and everybody else what you're all about. All right, guys, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And if you're not sharing this content, it would be amazing. You would have my gratitude. If you would share this, if it's added value to you, that just goes farther than you can possibly imagine. So thank you guys so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Hey, everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible and you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that all right guys thank you again so much and until next time my friends be legendary take care